Well, I'll just be honest with you. It's a Thursday, and I'm not feeling it. I don't feel good today. I'm just gonna. I'm laying down. He Jared is literally laying well, on the floor this episode. And I think we're gonna do it this way. Let's try it. Low energy podcast, take one. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Baker's Dozen. <laughs> still not, still not the Baker's Dozen. Sorry. Three weeks in a row. You got it one. You're one for three. I still got to Google what that means. This is episode 14 of one hour a week, a 30 minute ministry podcast. I am Jared Hollier. He I'm is Rusty, Rusty Mott. He is Rusty Mott. We are recording today, uh, not from the floor. I got up off of the floor. That felt inappropriate for a whole episode. Yeah, it was really awkward, especially because you took your shirt off. That was over the line. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Okay. Uh, maybe I did. Good thing I wear three shirts every day. I'm modest. Modest is hottest, man. That's what I've heard from my youth minister when I was a kid. Hey, today we are not going to spend 30 minutes just ranting and yelling at each other. We are going to talk about influence. Who has influenced us, how we can influence others and they may be wondering why we're not talking about personality. Some of you may have tuned in saying, hey, what about the personality episode? We had some scheduling conflicts between a couple of busy weeks here and then our special guest that we were going to have on for the personality test episode. Uh, we just couldn't get our schedules to line up this week. So too many big personalities involved. The bad news is that we're not doing the personality test this week. The good news is that means you have a few extra days to take the personality test. So we have shared the link on our Facebook page. Uh, and so what you're going to do is you're going to click that link. It's going to take you to humanmetrics.com backslash personality. It'll take you a few minutes to take that test. Click through the answers, copy and paste your results, send them to us, and we will talk. Rusty and I will take the personality test next week, episode 15. We'll do it live. <laughs> Hashtag Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Very good. But today we are, so personality test next week. And that is going to, well, that's going to be our season finale. Season finale. We're going to take it's the summer off. Up, y'all. We'll explain more about that next week while we're taking the summer off. But today, influence. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about people who have influenced us, maybe even some books or podcasts or sermons that we listen to, just different ways that we have been influenced and gotten to where we are in our ministries. But also we're going to talk about how we can leverage the things that we've learned from those people and resources and be a good influence in somebody else's life. We've talked before about how we should always have a Paul and a Timothy in our life, that we should always have somebody ahead of us, but also be encouraging somebody that might be uh, behind us in a way or, or less far along, if I can say it that way. So we're gonna talk about influence today and try to figure out together and start the conversation about how we can leverage our ministries in our lives to better influence other people. So I'll start with this question, Brother Pastor Rusty. One of the big buzzwords in leadership and ministry these days is intentionality. We're supposed to be intentional about everything. Do you find yourself being intentional in your influence? Do you buy books and listen to podcasts that are intentionally geared toward you being a better leader and influencer? Or are you more organic and just kind of take opportunities as they come your way? You know, I hate buzzwords, especially words like intentional. So I try to just have purpose in such <laughs> a way that I have purpose on purpose. Mm. So, do you do you try to I'm let your life kidding. be driven by purpose? I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I do try to be intentional with the things that I listen to and the thing the the way I think as ministry leaders, the way we engage media matters. 
I am guilty. Kind of my guilty pleasure is sports radio. I listen to, in fact, the whole way over here to Vider today, I listen to sports radio where I certainly could have been listening to some podcasts that are helpful for ministry. I could have been listening to some sermons that help me become a better communicator. But there are times where you just need some entertainment. But I do try to keep a steady diet of reading things that will help me in different ways, some that will educate me and help me become a better leader and a better disciple maker, and some that would just kind of keep me going. Some books that help me become a disciple maker and some books that literally disciple me. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to have a balance between the two in your life. I, I think, again, we've talked about my extreme personality. Man, sometimes I go straight, like I'm reading books that, you know, if I'd have went to seminary longer, I would have probably ended up reading for three or four books in a row. But then the next thing you know, I'm reading some very devotional type stuff just to kind of get my fire going and get me excited. I've been shaped and influenced by a lot of different resources, a lot of different people, whether I know them or not, whether they're, um, you know, larger ministries and they just have resources that are available or just individuals that have been a part of my life. So because I've seen the power of influence and what the, the fact that it's made me the man, the dad, the uh, husband, the pastor that I am today, I do try to intentionally put myself in situations where I can influence others. There was about a 12-year stretch where I went to the Catalyst Conference every year, and it started out as a conference for leadership. It was put on by ministry people. They would also bring in influential leaders from the business world and academic world too, and in the last couple of years, it's gotten more church-centric, but when I was going, it was all about leadership and influence, and of course, one of the biggest names in leadership is John Maxwell. And they gave away his books every year. And uh, honestly, if you've read two or three John Maxwell books, you've read them all. He's good, but he just kind of rehashes the same good yeah. ideas over and over. Kind of like Point of Grace. <laughs> oh, uh, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Just... How dare you? <laughs> so one of the things I remember John Maxwell saying one time about training yourself to be a better influencer or a better leader, he was saying that it's just like any other discipline and any other thing that we want to do, that if you if you assign yourself to it, if you discipline yourself to do it, you can be better at it. But he also said that if your natural talent in leadership is a two or or any area, if you're naturally a two on a scale of 10, you can work hard and train hard. And you're only gonna increase that number by about a factor of two or three. He said, so if you're naturally a two, you'll be a four or a five. And that's mediocre, that's average. He said, but if you're charismatic as a leader and you have the natural ability to lead people and you discipline and train yourself and you read the books and you think intentionally about being a better leader or an influencer, if you're naturally a six, you can be an eight or a nine. And he said, people will buy tickets and stand in line to be led by somebody who's an eight or a nine. And so I just, that point stuck with me that this is one more thing that even if you have a natural gift for influencing people and reaching them, if you're intentional about it and you do read the books and listen to the podcasts and think through the processes that you're using, you can go from being a good leader to a great leader and leverage yourself for the benefit of other people. I think we've brought up something here that is interesting to consider. We want to talk about some of the things that have influenced us, but obviously we want to think as we as ministry leaders, whether you're a lay leader or a pastor listening to this, how we can more intentionally lead others and influence others. But in order to influence others, you have to have been influenced. You have to do the work to be intentional about it, but also to grow in whatever leadership capacity you have. Yeah, we're always gonna be standing on somebody else's shoulders. Yeah. And even the guys who influence us were influenced by us. So it's an ongoing, you can go back 
eternally. It's kind of weird though because we don't want that. Like I want to be a self-made guy. Yeah. I want people to be like that guy rose out of the ashes of nothing. <laughs> he was the you know the first to ever come up with this, and and I know that's true. And and I'm just saying this, and I know people will be like, well, I'm not like that, but yeah, you probably are. We're all prideful in, in ways like that. And I find myself even like last week when we are sharing all of our media secrets of all the easy ways we do all that stuff. Just like I said in the episode, man, there's a part of me that doesn't want to tell you how to do all this stuff. Yeah, because or how simple it is. How simple it is because, man, people are like, wow. <laughs> and, you know, before everybody else discovered iMovie on the iPhone, you know, right. like I do a video and people are like, my goodness, Rusty, you are the single most creative <laughs> person. In the, and they don't know that I like drag and drop four pictures right. and hit play. And, and it, it made did it. it automatically. So there, there's a tendency of wanting to just be self-made and that I did this myself. But the reality is every single one of us have been influenced by others and we shouldn't be ashamed of that. Right. This is a story on you from way back when we preached at uh, the men's retreat. Okay. Don't don't get, your Jared's nervous now. I am, I don't know what story you're uh, telling. No, this, it's not a bad weekend. story at all. It's not a bad story at all. But I just got done preaching and you did not mean this in an offensive way at all. But one of the first questions you asked when you met me and we were talking was, do you listen to a lot of Matt Chandler? And I knew what that meant mm-hmm. immediately. It's like, he says I sound like John, or John Chandler. Try it again. <laughs> yeah. he, he's saying I sound like Matt Chandler. And when he said that, there was a part of me that was like, oh man, I sound like Matt Chandler. As if that's a bad thing. Right. And I'm like, man, so all these preachers that just heard me think, well, he listens to a lot of Matt Chandler. Now hang on, what was the answer to the question? Did you listen to a lot of Matt Chandler? Uh, yeah, I hadn't in a while. Yeah. But at the t- I mean, in my early in my ministry, sure. I definitely did. So he he's a pastor, speaking of influence, that for our generation, man, a ton of us grew up listening to Matt Chandler's podcast. To show you the difference, by the way, in our preaching styles, you know who I get more than Matt Chandler? Who? Brian Regan. Very often after I preach, somebody will ask me, do you watch a lot of Brian Regan? For those that don't know, Brian Regan's a stand-up comedian. That's hilarious. He does a lot of voices and gets loud. So that's who I get. I don't get Matt Chandler, the theological preaching firestorm, the hurricane of See, and what's funny is you did mean that as a compliment when you did it. I love Matt Chandler. But here's how we are, all right? So so I know your heart, and now I do. You know, that night I was like, that jerk. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't like that at all. But there's a part of me that wants to be like, no, 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 no. This brilliant communicator came from nothing, from Spurger, Texas, to where I am now, just on my own skill and moxie. Is that a word? So, yeah. But, man, there's no doubt that my pastor of seven years, he's still my pastor, Larry Venable, and growing up under Paul Bowen, Byron McWilliams, Darren Wood, Dwayne Wise, Todd Stevens, just uh, a quick run through my list. David Nugent was my pastor the first 10 years of life. Those five, six, seven men that I heard preach and teach to me regularly, if you listened to them today, you would say, Rusty sat under that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are aspects of all of them. But, you know, when I was in college and the podcast was first becoming a thing, right. especially the sermon podcast, dude, Matt Chandler, Mark Batterson, even Francis Chan, yeah. David Platt, listening to those guys certainly shaped me as a preacher. And I'll say this, our generation of pastors, I've had older pastors tell me this, there are so many good preachers your age right now. It's crazy. I don't know what, and I do know what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's that we have been able to listen to fantastic communicators from all over the country at our fingertips and had the great benefit of 
having that opportunity. So we have been influenced and praise God for that because his word is going forth in powerful ways because of that influence. And influence doesn't always come through in public ways. And by that, I mean that it doesn't just influence the way that we preach and speak publicly. But one of the biggest influences in my life uh, was the first pastor that I served with. When I was in college, I was at Crossroads Baptist Church and as the youth minister and our pastor there, David Rice, To this day, I find myself having thoughts that I know he would have, not in preaching situations, but in personal ministry situations. Brother David, to this day, and he's been at Crossroads for over 20 years now, I think, uh, has one of the greatest ministries to senior adults and widows in his church of any church I've ever seen. Every year they do a pastor's tea at Valentine's Day for the widows in his church. Um, around the same time. When I was there, we would go and buy roses and on Valentine's Day or the closest day that we could to it, we would drive around the community and visit all the widows in our church and deliver flowers to them and sit and visit and pray with them. Um, And so just learning from his heart, not the, the preaching style, but the personal ministry style, the fact that, let's be honest, a lot of times we young pastors, we we would rather just kind of keep the old people happy and quiet while we do ministry in the church, right? And reach the young families because that's where the growth's gonna happen. And he flipped that whole thing on his head and he honored those senior adults in his church and he held them up in high regard and his kids grew up with a hundred grandmas because of it. And that's just one example of the many ways he influenced me, but just serving alongside him and seeing the way he was a pastor, not just a preacher, but a pastor to his people, his servant's heart and his intentionality, again, for marking those dates on the calendar and sending cards uh, when it was appropriate and necessary and, and really focusing in on those groups of people, that, that was a huge influence in me. I'll, I'll never be the pastor that he is, but uh, I'm grateful for, for serving alongside him the couple of years that I did. We are gonna talk about some resources and people who have influenced us here in a little while towards the end. But before we do that, I wanna just mention that as we think about influence and how we influence others, We need to understand, again, like you just mentioned, that a lot of times it's not the preaching and teaching and the upfront stuff, but that we are more influential just by the way we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves day in and day out. Because the reality is attitude and heart and personality and all those things really are contagious is the word I would use. Like people um, would say that joy and bitterness are both contagious. So what are you spreading? (laughs) <laughs> and and sorry, I sound so country. So what are you spreading today? Manure. So what are you spreading? Are you, or is the joy of the Lord contagious in your life and it's rubbing off on people? Or are you the Debbie Downer who's bringing the party down? And uh, I'll admit that more often than not, I am on the wrong end of that. Yeah, so there is an, an unintentional influence too, even though we do try to be intentional about some of the leadership styles we have and some of the things we do, there is also an unintentional influence that sometimes if we're not careful just in our day-to-day conversations and interactions with people, we could rub people the wrong way. And if we do that long enough over a period of time, if we keep on rubbing people the wrong way, then that's a bad influence. And so we should be mindful all the time. And part of that is gonna be just cultivating our own hearts to, to be growing in the Lord enough that we don't have to try and be thoughtful and mindful about being a good influence that we just kind of are because of the overflow of Jesus in our hearts. And that's one of my biggest struggles is I do, I'm not a naturally effervescent person. I'm, I am kind of a Debbie Downer on my own. And so if I'm not intentional about spending time with the Lord, I know we've talked about this on a couple episodes now, but if I'm not intentional about filling my heart with Christ, then my natural inclination is to be Eeyore in the room. Yeah, And I don't want to be that guy. 
I'm still trying to get over the fact that you said effervescent. <laughs> you are continually amazing. impressed with my vocabulary. Hashtag wordsmith. There you go. I uh, definitely agree. One of my friends, Travis Bailey, coined the term, and he may have stolen it from somebody, but Eeyore Christians. Yeah. And I do know a lot of Eeyore Christians, and I are one a lot of times. There's no doubt about it. So I think that, like you said, going back to the book of Acts, the passage that we've quoted before, where it just said that the people hung out with them and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Yeah, they were uneducated men, but they had been with Jesus. I don't know that people hang out with me and say, wow, that guy's been close to Jesus often enough. So we need to be influenced by Jesus before we can influence others in a positive way. The reality is all of us have influence. There is no lack of influence in your life, whether you know it or not, you're influential. But the question becomes, how are we influencing people? Are we influencing them for the kingdom? Are we influencing them for our kingdoms or our own motives? And too many of us today have a bunch of cardboard kingdoms that are just gonna fall and burn and be nothing and won't have any value. And we will waste our lives building a huge sandcastle that's just waiting to get hit by the next wave. And man, I don't wanna waste my life like that. So we've mentioned some pastors that have influenced us personally, but let's take it a little more into the public arena, Rusty. Are there any authors or podcast pastors? Are there? Give us a handful that you would say have been most influential in your well, ministry and life. I've already mentioned uh, Matt Chandler's podcast that was extremely helpful. I'll be honest, I don't listen to it as much anymore and have had trouble listening to it, not because I don't agree with Matt Chandler or anything like that. I still think he's an excellent preacher, excellent um, pastor. I just kind of, his presentation style, I kind of just had to listen to something different. So I've mixed it up some. Um, Mark Batterson, who kind of swims in a different stream a little bit theologically and in ecclesiologically, I guess, in terms of way church is done, more seeker sensitive and such. But I kind of enjoyed his presentation style. I have enjoyed listening to him. But really, predominantly, if I listen to pastors today, it's, it's my friends. It's the guys around here. And here's why. I realized that it was what Ed Stetzer refers to as church porn. And he calls it that because we're listening and being influenced by guys who have something we will most likely never have. Yeah, so it's a crass and, illustration. Yeah, it's, it's right crass on. illustration, but it, but it also, because that's pornography, gives you an, expecta- an unrealistic right. expectation that can ruin your marriage. And your ministry can be, you know, he used the illustration of exiting onto Saddleback Way on his way to speak at a conference. And he said, he just realized that as he was gonna be preaching to these thousands of pastors that 99.9% of them would never have anything even remotely close to what Saddleback is, not to diminish Saddleback and those types of things. So Rick, if you're listening, hey, (laughs) big fan. Makes me think of Tom Rayner, who is the president of Lifeway, but every week he picks a different small church somewhere in the country to be praying for. And he tweets it out and writes a little blog article about him. And this isn't Saddleback or uh, what's chant the the village up in Flower Mound or anything. It's just a small church somewhere in the country that he encourages his readers and listeners to be praying for that week. What Stetzer means by that is that we can be influenced by the wrong voices and take our church in those directions, whether it's intentional or not. And that's not really the healthiest thing. So for me, even listening to podcasts, which again, many of you listening probably do listen to podcasts and don't take it that way. But as a pastor, it it caused me to struggle. So I started being really benefited by 
when I do have time to listen to a message, you know, and that honestly, I only listen to other sermons from other people once every couple of weeks. But when I do, I, I go to First Baptist Lumberton and listen to our friend Kyle Warren. Uh, I go to First Baptist Hemp Hills website and listen to our friend Derek Hicks, uh, Bill Coffey at Pinecrest. I'm mentioning people that I know I've gone to their website and watched one of their sermons. And uh, not all of my friends have their sermons published on the internet, but those who do, I've, there's a good chance if you're in Southeast Texas that I've looked one up and listened to it just on a whim, just because I enjoy that. The only national guy I still listen to semi-regularly is Alistair Begg, expository preacher, real simple guy, and this guy that's been at the church for a long, long time. So um, in terms of podcasts, that's kind of where it's been for me. I already mentioned the pastors who've been very influential in my life. You won't know them, and most of them don't have sermons that are out there. Uh, I guess they do, but just brothers who mean the world to me and have shaped my ministry. So we'll probably have another episode where we'll talk about our pastors and what they mean to us. I think that's an appropriate thing to do at some point, but uh, we'll save that for later. So those are a couple of podcasts and pastors, preachers that I enjoy listening to. What uh, preachers have influenced your life, Jared? I would also say Matt Chandler. You and I are from the same generation and he's probably one of the most influential. I'm tracking with you. Yeah, there you go. All right. You gonna uh, unpack that? <laughs> uh, also, a lot of Andy Stanley early in my ministry. I used to listen to him every week and not just his sermons, but his leadership podcasts and things like that. Uh, in old school, I love Adrian Rogers. Oh yeah, one Solid. of the best preachers in history, and and not just theologically, but his voice and just the the practical stuff that has nothing to do with even his his sermon points or anything, but just his his enunciation and his illustrations. He's just I, I wonder sometimes if maybe that's not what Spurgeon was like, just kind of that dominant personality in the pulpit. But Adrian Rogers was one of the best, and so I like to listen to him. I listen to Alistair Begg a little bit, probably not as much as you do. Uh, I use John Piper a lot. I don't listen to Piper, but I read his sermons as commentaries a lot. Anytime I'm preaching a sermon, especially out of the New Testament, I'll click over and see what Piper has preached about it and read his sermon notes. I want to jump in here, do keep it. that thought, but I want to just mention to uh, desiringgod.org, I guess. Is it yeah, .org? it is. Uh, GTY, which is grace, grace to you.org, which is John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Of course, both Calvinist guys. So if you've got a problem with that, just leave them alone. But, and then Alistair Begg, who also I think is reformed, but uh, his is Truth for Life. There you go. Good if job. you go to Truth, for, just Google that, but his website too, Truth for Life. All those sermons are available. They, they have them categorized by topic. So Jared and I know both do this. So uh, as Jared's talking about his resources, let's offer up resources of those brothers. So I'm sorry, back to back to you. Brother. Yeah, and they're they're sorted by topic and scripture. And on some of those websites, they're sorted by date. And so if you just want to go back and find a series to listen to, I also read a lot of articles from the Gospel Coalition website and Nine Marks. Again, I know that sometimes some people think that, oh, well, I don't agree with everything they do theologically. So I'm just going to steer clear of that website. Don't be that guy. I mean, every camp, if you want. I'm putting the word camp in quotation marks here. Everybody's got some good things to offer. So I, I read a lot of, of blogs and articles from the Gospel Coalition and non-marks both. Um, and those are just, just influence the way I think and the way I prepare sermons and think about preaching and leading. So good stuff. And it's all available. And it's all for free. What a time to be alive. It's all for free. So those are some pastors, preachers, and their podcasts that are available that have influenced and shaped our preaching and our ministry. What about some books? What books are out there? What authors maybe in particular is a little less broad uh, would, would you say have been influential in your life? I've mentioned this one before, but probably the most influential book in my preaching ministry 
was one I read pretty early on by Andy Stanley called Communicating for a Change. And that's the one I mentioned on our preaching episode where he emphasized the importance of one-point sermons. And I think I read it three times in in the years that I've been in full-time ministry. Or I, That's probably lying. I've probably read it once and then kind of skinned back through it a couple of other times. But that's probably the most influential book. Again, it's just super practical and easy to follow and easy to read. And anything Timothy Keller writes is really good. Again, he's... He's easy to read, not as easy as something like Andy Stanley, but easy to read, easy to follow, and takes big theological concepts and makes them pretty approachable. So stuff like Reason for God and the follow-up, that the Prodigal God. So Reason for God, I think, was the follow-up to the Prodigal God. And in fact, I just today picked up his book called Preaching. So I'm looking forward to reading that one. Cause, uh, and he's another guy, I probably should have mentioned his podcast too, because listening to Keller preach is a treat every time. Yeah, Keller's podcast, the weird thing about it is they don't put it out there for free. They they put some select episodes on mm-hmm. there, some select messages. They don't call it episodes, but you can actually, to stay up to date, you have to buy his resources from their website. So. But there's an app too, or the Redeemer Presbyterian Church has an app that you can download on your iPhone. I'm sure it's available for Android too. And they have several series available for free yeah. through that app. Yeah. Uh, so for me, books... Uh, probably the most influential book that radically shifted my thinking and kind of uh, helped me realize how the truth of the gospel is not a one-time transaction but changes your life is the book Gospel Wakefulness by Jared C. Wilson, who's one of my favorite writers. I talk about him, mention him often. He's got another new book called The Imperfect Disciple. I would rank that right up there with it. Two excellent books that have just helped shape me in profound ways. So Jared Wilson is one that I've never actually got to meet. There were too many people swarming him at TGC for me to get to shake his hand, but he's a guy that I would like to shake his hand and say, man, I just really appreciate uh, your ministry to me from afar uh, because that book was a blessing to me, Gospel Wakefulness. If you don't have a copy of it, I'd encourage you to pick that up. Uh, Another book is somebody who has gone on to be with the Lord, but uh, Brennan Manning's The Ragamuffin Gospel is probably right up there in my top five books of most influential in my life, awakening me to the grace of God and how much he loves me despite the fact that I am the worst of all. Uh, So both of those books I would recommend, if you do not have them, go out and get them. And if you can't afford them, call me and I will buy you a copy. I believe that strongly in them. So uh, just incredible, incredible books that have influenced me in profound ways. And I'll say this, not necessarily powerful, profound, deep theological things, but college is such an influential time that I can remember reading Blue Like Jazz in college and how profoundly that impacted me. Not, not that it was full of deep theological truths, but just, you know, you get to college and you move away from home and you kind of start embracing your faith as your own. You, you start taking ownership of it. And reading that book was just a neat, and and I know I'm among the hundreds of thousands of people our age who feel the same way, that regardless of what I think of it now at 33, when I read it at 19 or 20, however I was, that was a really, that was a really powerful book. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Probably the penguin sex chapter was what set it (laughs) apart. Was that, is that the right title? I think that was the right one. But I remember that was one of the, because of that time in my life and because so many other people were reading it too, I guess. One, it was part, I was part of a community that was reading this thing together. But also just the idea behind the book that, that church and Jesus and Christianity and faith isn't this clear cut, you know, it's, there's some relational aspects to it. That was a really important thing 
the other thing I'll mention about that time in my life that was really influential was uh, I listened to a lot of Derek Webb. Uh, it was after he had left Cademan's Call and started putting out some solo albums. And again, regardless of what you think of him now, I could go back and listen to his house show CD and probably be in tears again this afternoon. Part of that is because I'm tired and my head hurts, so it wouldn't take much to push me I'm over the I'm sticking to my guns. Line. I'm not singing, but you're making it really difficult. And also another musician that has really influenced me spiritually is Andrew Peterson. I don't know if you know who he is or listen to him much. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, just, I'm not going to say Andrew, I'm a little, not gonna You're say. not going to do it? Um, he is an incredible songwriter who, who and he's, he's a devout Christian, but it's been neat to see that you can make good Christian art, that it doesn't have to be overproduced pop melodies, ghost writers just putting it in the song, you know, in the hands of a, a pretty front man or a cute teenage, you know, teenage bopper kind of Christian radio. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not looking at you. Am I being too smug? Way. I'm not, no. Andrew Peterson is a great artist and singer and songwriter. And so yeah. he, he's influenced me. I think we need to do an entire music episode at some point. Oh, but that could be dangerous for us because we, we probably are. need to roll, wrap this podcast up and just talk music. I think the thing we're learning is that influence can come from all kinds of directions. No doubt. Preachers, music, books, the people you sit next to in church, the Sunday school teachers, or maybe the Sunday school class that you lead. The truth is we're all influencing each other one way or the other, whether we're aware of it, mindful of it or not. We are influencing people. And so it's a good idea for us to both directions take stock of what are we allowing to influence us? What kind of stuff are we filling our minds and hearts and lives with? But also, how are we influencing the people around us? It's a good idea to take stock of that sometimes and be more intentional with our influence. Make sure that we're doing the best we can with what we're filling ourselves up with, but also how we're pouring into the lives of the people around us. Yeah, definitely. So we hope this has been beneficial for you. We've enjoyed talking about it. Come back next week and join us for the big personality episode with our special guest. It is, by the way, the season finale. Yeah, it is. Season one is coming to a close. We'll be taking a break until after the summer. We'll talk more about that next week, though. But there are going to be some huge cliffhangers. I huge. mean, you are going to be waiting all summer to figure out what happens at the end of it. It's going to be crazy. Is Rusty still alive? Who's the father of that baby? Wait, there's a baby? I took a personality test. Season two. Your mom's calling you. We better wrap this thing up. I am at Bro Rusty Mott. I'm at Jared Hall. You're together. We are at Hour A Week Pod. Thanks for editing and making our voices sound beautiful. At Is this Pat O? Pat Overstreet. So join us next week. Send us an email. Check out our website. All that good stuff. We are so glad that you listened. That's it. Grace to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be blessed. Do you have to sing in every episode, Jared? Drop the mic. (laughs) 